0: (laughs) what's up everybody welcome to the very first granny fantasy collection series brought to you by the granny shot pod i'm ryan carroll and if you thought this was going to be some sort of elderly erotica pod i hate to break it to you it is not we are here to ta- specifically talk about NBA basketball. I've got Delco and Don with me. Guys, why don't you introduce yourselves?
1: Hey, I'm Delco, multiple champion of our own fantasy group La Liga, and we haven't fully ruled out the elderly fantasy uh, segments yet. So don't 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 rule that out just yet, Ryan.
0: Yeah, keep tuning in. We might we might somehow be able to integrate that in.
2: Hey, what's up, I'm Don, also known as Silky Sue, playing fantasy basketball for too long to remember now, it was like eight years, coming on eight years, nine years, uh, won a couple championships sometimes, usually get sixth place, which is unfortunate, but past few seasons uh, pulled it through together. I love fantasy basketball. I think it's great for everyone to get involved with. It's a lot more fun in my opinion than fantasy football. With fantasy basketball, you're setting your lineup every day. You're making strategic ads off the off the waiver wire and the free agency every day to maximize your games, as well as we do a category style fantasy system, which if you guys don't know, there's different categories you can there are different categories you can compete for. And again, it just makes it overall way more strategic and fun. In my opinion, than fantasy football. Not to hate on the football players out there, but um, definitely something to fill the void during those uh, winter and spring seasons.
1: Yeah, I really like how different players can have different types of value where, you know, again, not to hate on fantasy football, but in fantasy football, everyone's just fighting for points. And in fantasy basketball, there's different types of guys, different types of you know ways to build your team and you can get creative with it and kind of adjust as the season goes on, as your competition goes on and it keeps things really fresh and interesting.
0: Uh, You guys bring up some great points there. I think another thing is that uh, for anyone that's really not that into basketball or not that into the NBA, fantasy basketball is a great way to get into it a little bit more. You don't really have to watch games to, to really dive into it. If you like statistics, if you like data analysis, it's something that can be really fun. Um, so really, all in all, we're we're big fantasy basketball ambassadors. Been playing for eight to ten years at this point. Find it a lot of fun. It's a great way to reconnect with friends and keep things interesting and get into basketball a little bit, especially with football being over. So what we're going to do in this pod on a weekly basis is really dive into the week ahead and the weeks ahead, and give you some of our advice in terms of how you can win not just that week, but prepare yourself to win your league if you do end up joining. So to kick it off, I'm gonna start with a schedule analysis for the week ahead, and this is from mostly from a streaming perspective. So guys, on certain teams that you might want to target to help pick up um, some extra categories over the weeks, and for this specific week. You've got the Washington Wizards have the only five game week. So you're going to be want to looking at them real hard. One guy that I've got on my team that I picked up this week is Davis Bertans. He'll have five games. He's a three point specialist. He's not going to help you too much in other areas, but that's 15 to 23s by himself next week that you can probably expect there. Um, You've got a whole bunch of teams that have four games. I'd be looking at the Clippers on the back half of the week, Thursday, Friday, Sunday week games. Um, So I'd be looking at them, too, and just try to stay away from some of those three team, uh, three game teams, which there's not a whole bunch of them. So take a look at that as you're looking at the schedule.
1: Yeah. And just to add to that from a more specific player standpoint, I'm looking at Rui Hashimura. I don't really love him long term. I think he's one of those guys who can have some interesting looking nights, but typically he he leaves a lot of categories fairly empty, but he does have five games and, um, you know, that that just gives him that that extra level of production. So, he's someone I'm, I'm looking at for the upcoming week. And then two guys, you know, it, it's not that this is a particularly an amazing week for them. They both do have four games, but I think they're guys who can kind of go under the radar um, because they don't score that much. And a lot of times points are kind of the sexy category that a lot of people look at. And those guys are Royce O'Neal and Nick Batum. Uh, A fun game to play and remember fantasy basketball is nine categories is take a guy like Nick Batum or Royce O'Neal and add 10 points to their total stat line and then look across the board and see how incredible of a stat line that looks like. And guys like that, you can find a lot of value across eight different categories if you just ignore that one, you know, sexy point stat line. And Royce O'Neal and Nick Batum can typically be had for either very cheap or sometimes for free on the waiver wire. And guys like that can really make a difference on your team, especially if you're already strong at points or if you're punting points. So if they're on your wire, they're a good option this week. And I think they're solid options rest of season. I'd be giving them a good look as I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people might be overlooking those two guys there.
2: Yeah, I definitely like those shout outs. Another person... Uh, to look out for. And really a group of people, what I wanted to focus on was as the all-star break comes up, there's going to be that that two-week span where you're really competing against one opponent, which leaves a lot of room to enter some of those injured players who are going to be coming back in, say, the next two to four weeks. Um, a couple of names that I'm watching for progression with that. Um, Nurkic is one of them. Nurkic is, is ramping up. Again, it's going to be Probably a slow integration back into the team, but he is going to come back and he is a great fantasy asset when he does, especially with the minutes that he gets um, with that Portland team. Another player is Jaron Jackson Jr. He's kind of been fooling everyone this season as in regards to when he would come back. What ended up being, I believe, a meniscus tear and replacement surgery has led into months of the weight game and the Memphis organization hasn't been as clear as to when he will come back, but he is supposed to come back and they're ramping up his progression right now. So I would definitely watch him. He is a game changer for your team. The question becomes how many minutes will he get and how slow will that progression be to him getting full minutes on the court? Nonetheless, he's coming into camp now, or I guess he's coming into the season now a true seven footer expect big blocks, big rebounds, nice points, nice threes. I mean, he's a great player overall, uh, last but not least, Mitchell Robinson, he went out with a hand fracture about a week ago now. Um, he had surgery on it. It's about four to six weeks. Again, if it's on the shorter time frame of those four weeks, you do have two weeks with the with the All-Star break. So you with a lot of these guys, you want to add them a week and a half, a week before you would expect them to come back because they'll probably be going off your waiver wire as they are very impactful players. The question also does become you know, where do you stand in your league and are you fighting for playoffs? Or are you fighting out of the bottom tier? Um, but those are a couple of players that I'm watching who are going to be coming back in the next three to four weeks, hopefully for most of them and uh, how that plays into the all star break.
1: Yeah, those are great shouts, Don. I know for those without IR spots, a lot of those guys might be sitting on the wire and you have to play the game of, you know, do the dance of when you want to pick them up. You know, how long do you want to hold an injured player um on your roster and just be putting up zeros for a while. But for those who do have IR spots, maybe it's time to look into potentially buying low on some of these guys and and seeing um you know what what you can ship over, especially for a guy like Nurkic. He was drafted in the 3rd and 4th round this year in a lot of leagues. Probably a lot of disappointed owners out there even before the injury, but We saw what he's capable of um, in the bubble and also previous seasons. He really can be a top 30, top 20 type of guy. Um, So if you can get him for cheap, he's definitely someone to target. And it does sound like he could be coming back sooner rather than later.
0: All right. So in summary for guys that you guys are keeping an eye on for the upcoming week and even through the all star break, you've got Nurkic, JJJ, Batum, Royce O'Neal, folks like that, as well as it sounds like the Wizards. Obviously, you should keep an eye out for them for this particular week. But are there any guys out there right now that let's look at it from the opposite perspective that people are holding on to their roster that maybe they shouldn't, as in you've lost faith in them and you think you should cut ties and drop them?
1: Yeah, I have two on my list. The first one is LaMarcus Aldridge. He had a hell of a season last year and surprised a lot of people as he is coming into the, the end of his career here. You know, he's on the other side of 35 at this point he can't seem to stay on the floor. And when he uh, is on the floor, he's not exactly blowing you away. So he's someone I'm, I'm moving on from, you know, maybe if he comes back and puts a decent string of games together, he could be worth a short term stream, but he's definitely not someone I'm holding on to. Not someone I would want to even waste an IR spot on right now, to be completely honest. And so I'm looking to move past him and another player who's kind of intriguing because the trade deadline could open up some opportunity for him. But right now It feels like it's just name value alone. That's Eric Bledsoe. He's having a terrible, terrible season. And he's proven in the past that he can be an incredible fantasy player. Um, He gets a lot of assists, a lot of steals, um, doesn't really hurt you anywhere. But he's just not a good fit fantasy-wise in New Orleans next to Lonzo Ball. They kind of take a lot of value away from each other. I'm more than happy to drop him and leave him on the waiver for someone else to deal with. But if you do see Lonzo shipped out to another team... Um, there have been rumors of him going to teams such as the Bulls. I think that can really increase the value of both Lonzo and make Eric Bledsoe a roster bull again. Yeah,
2: I would I would definitely agree with both those names being thrown out there. I don't know about buying buying high sell low on certain players, but I will say this: with COVID going around and games being canceled and players being out, you have to be very strategic about who you want to hold. So for me, it's it's almost a game this year about not really who are you giving up on because of performance, but who can you not allowed to hold on to because of missed games week to week uh, especially as right when players miss multiple games like the Spurs missed the entire week last week if you're holding someone like Pirtle it's probably gonna be an easy drop if you're holding someone like Murray you know you're not gonna want to drop him but there's the Spurs for example there's almost a handful of players on that team that probably are not worth rostering that you need to drop when they're losing four or five games straight just because of COVID and then obviously getting them back in. There's a big uncertainty about that. So I think the name of the game this season especially is is about how do you manage your transactions. Uh, usually we do about seven matchup acquisitions per week, so one per day. Every league is different on that. Um, but really watching and making sure every player on your team has a solid standpoint and you're willing to hold them for more than a week if they go out with COVID. And then the players that are not, you need to just be flexible with. Yeah, it's a good point.
0: Uh, having a, a little bit of a shorter leash this year to make sure you get the games that you want out of people this this year is, is important. I also think if people are new to fantasy basketball this year, don't judge it based off of this year because of all the variance and the uncertainty. I would definitely give it another shot. Next season and seasons beyond when things are a little bit more normalized, it definitely becomes a little bit more fun. Not that it's not fun this year. Just it's obviously better when you don't have the uncertainty of COVID and those things. All right. Like, like we said at the beginning, we'll be doing this every single Monday. Give it a quick listen, five to 10 minute episodes. We're going to give you our ideas, our thoughts, what's coming up for the week ahead for you to be able to dominate your fantasy league. If you're interested in the NBA outside of just fantasy, make sure to check out our other podcast. Granny Shot NBA. You can find us anywhere you listen to pods. Thanks again for listening, everyone. Again, this is Granny Shot Fantasy.